up? What's up? What's up? All right, y'all. Um, man, amazing honor to be here with this man of God, one of the wisest brothers that I know. He always dropping knowledge. Uh, my boy, Pastor Sean, man. How you doing? Man, I'm blessed and highly favored. Good to be here. That's what I like to hear. That's what I like to hear. So, y'all, we're... um. Hey, man, how, how, have you done podcasts before? Yeah, you know, I actually have two different ones that I do. Okay. My own relationships. Uh, but yeah, this is, something, this, this, is, this is something I'm pretty used to. Okay, so what's the name of your podcast? So, so, what you so got going on? My, one that I've done for the last, what, woo, since 2013. That's seven years now? Uh-huh. Eight years, actually, I'm thinking about it. Um, it's called Doctor's Orders. It started as a radio show. Okay. And then we switched it over to a podcast. Uh, probably about maybe five years ago. Okay. Um, and then the second one was a relationship forum that I used to do called Behind Closed Doors, which okay. now in 2021, we're releasing it as a podcast as well. So this okay. is... This is okay. Awesome, 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 man. So you can kind of guide yeah. everything that we do. Yeah. I like to be real organic and kind of... <laughs> um, you know, we do have a topic, though. We, do, we are going to start off with a topic. So our topic for today is um, the power of the impact that you make on people's lives. And um, specifically, uh, we want to address how you can bring purpose to your job or your career, okay? Um, so, and I, and I think, you know, this is the perfect topic for you because, I mean, like you've actually preached about it. And I remember you talking about um, God placing you places for a reason, you know what I mean? For you to be the light in that place. So let, let's, let's just dive right into it, man. Um, what, what, how can people do that? How can they add purpose to their, to their jobs and their careers? Well, the first thing I'll say is this. In, 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 in this time and season, a lot of times the word purpose is thrown around loosely. Okay. And, and it becomes almost cliche. And so we begin to lose focus and lose sight of what it actually is. Um, I think a lot of times people get their role mixed up with their purpose. Role mixed up with their purpose. They're two totally different things. And, and this is a lesson I learned probably about five years ago. And uh, stop me if I talk too much. Mm -hmm. uh, about five years ago, I learned this lesson. I had been teaching school at that time for probably about 20 years. And I had been pastoring for about the same length of time. Okay. And those were roles that I was used to. Okay. Those roles ended. Um, because of my health, my church, I had to close it. And because of my health, uh, I dealt with some things with my career that seemed like it was kind of being derailed. And to really be honest with you, at that point in time, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and told me that my time as I knew it, and I didn't understand what he was saying. I thought even I was leaving my job and going full-time ministry. That's not what he was saying. Mm -hmm. My time as I knew it in education was up. Okay. What he was saying was my role was ending. I have spent five years overcooking my grits, okay, so to speak. Um, I've been in the classroom now for 25 years, okay? Really, I only should have been there 20. But because I was comfortable with the role, yeah. I didn't step out into the next role, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And, and, and so, you know, Pastor Sean had become a role. Mm -hmm. It had become an identity that I was used to. Mr. Wilburn had become a role, an identity. Coach Wilburn had become a role in an identity that I was used to. And I could do those things in my sleep. I, I could do those roles in my sleep. Right. But my purpose I had to find was this. And I left education for a year to find it. My purpose was to be a fathering spirit. 
that looks different with your, whatever role I go to. Okay. Okay. So the thing that you have to understand, your your purpose is not a, is not a role. And, and most people get that confused. They go into a job and they think the job is their purpose. No. Your job is just a, simply a role. What's your purpose on the job? Mm, that's deep. Okay. How did you identify that? It, it, when I when I left education, mm-hmm. ironically, when I left education, I went and sold insurance for a year. Okay? Fun job. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and it was cool. I mean, I went, I went, this is what I went doing. I went chasing the bag. Right. Okay? And I don't care how much money you make, if you're not working in your purpose, it's not going to be fulfilling. Okay. Okay? I and I was making pretty decent money. I was doing pretty well. Mm-hmm. But it was just, I was missing something. And so what I found myself doing, even in that, is trying to do what I did on my job in education there, which was to be a voice of affirmation, a voice of confirmation. Mm-hmm. That's the only way I made it work for me. And that's when I realized, wait a minute, that was my purpose. So when I, when I would figuratively hear, because somebody prophesied over me when I was, what, 19, that I would, that's my purpose. You're going to be a father in the spirit to me. You know, I'm just thinking kids. Mm-hmm. And, and then the Holy Spirit had to really just help me. Understand what a father does. What does a father do? A father brings confirmation. Yeah. And a father brings affirmation. That's my purpose. So whether it's in preaching ministry, that's what I do. I bring confirmation and affirmation when I preach. Right. Whether it's in education, whoever I'm around. I, I remember being on places in campuses, should I say, and, I, and I'm sorry if I sound like I'm skipping around, but I remember being on campuses before and literally I was almost like the pastor of the campus. Right. And it wasn't because my purpose was pastor. It was because my purpose was confirmation, affirmation. I would find myself people coming to me for prayer. Principal would announce on the on the <laughs> on the loudspeaker. Everybody meet Mr. Wilbur in the teacher's lounge at 6.50 in the morning. We pray tomorrow. Right. Why? Because I, I was the person that brought their confirmation, their comfort, their affirmation. Wow. That, that father and spirit. That's my purpose. So so what you have to find is your purpose. And really what points to your purpose is what you went through. Okay. So, so the so your experiences that helped you identify what your exactly. purpose was. So, so the things that I went through, even the things I was deficient in, mm-hmm. pointed to my purpose. Hmm. You know, I grew up without a father. Okay, so I went longing for one, but I was longing for one because I was one. If that makes sense. Yeah. You know, and, and the things that I did not have to give or have to, given to me, I gave to others. And a lot of times this is what happens. The things that we go through will point to what God really wants us to focus on and what he wants us to do. Hmm. That's deep. I ain't like, I never looked at it that deep, mm-hmm. you know. Um, for me, identifying my purpose, I guess it's more selfish in the sense of the things that make me, that I spend time doing that I would do for free. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To me, that's how I've always kind of identified. Like, this is what I enjoy. Like, with art. I enjoy art. I enjoy doing graphic design. I enjoy exercise. Right. I enjoy coaching. You know what I mean? So I feel like in a, in a sense that is my purpose, but I do feel like I'm, I, I maybe need to, I want to do it on a bigger scale or something. So look, looking at it from that way, from the perspective that you just did, I'm a, I'm a personally start like, okay, let me look at it from a different view and see, because I do sometimes feel like something's missing, you know, like, or, or there's something greater that I want to achieve. And maybe that's just, me being, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? That's your, I mean, the Bible tells us the deep calls unto deep. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's your soul crying out for what it wants to be attached to, which is your purpose. Okay. You know, so, so I'll say this as well, just to kind of, kind of give even more credence to what I've just told you. 
Um, for example, for me, <clears throat> I was called to preach um, knowingly when I was 15. Mm -hmm. Okay. I didn't say completely yes to it until I was 18. Okay. Um, between the ages of 15 and nine, I went through some things that pointed towards my purpose. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, a lot of rejection. Um, dealing with things that I could have fallen into that could have made me a statistic Okay. without going deep into that type of conversation. Okay. You know, just the things that, that I was looking for at that point in time, I was needing affirmation. I have become what I needed when I was 12. That's, that's real. You know, that's real. when I was 12, I didn't have anybody to tell me you're okay. I didn't have anybody to tell me, um, how to do this or how to do that as a young man. You know, I didn't, I, I looked for that. When I got to high school and started playing football, mm -hmm. my coaches became what I needed. Okay. Okay. I'll never forget one of my coaches, uh, Coach Marshall White. I'll never forget this guy. He was my science teacher as well, ninth grade, earth, earth science. And uh, he put a, a scientific equation on the board. I solved it. Now, mind you, I barely made it out of the eighth grade. Mm -hmm. Okay. Sixth, seventh, and eighth grade were rough years for me because I stayed in fights, stayed in trouble. Um, only thing that kept me passing every year is I stayed eligible enough to play, play sports. sports. Yeah, I was there. <laughs> <laughs> after, after football season. Yeah, after football season. I failed on purpose in track season. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, see, I, I, I played baseball too. So, oh, okay, so, okay. so my mom wouldn't let me play baseball if I wasn't passing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so those are the two things that kind of kept me above board and that's what kept me from retaining a grade mm -hmm. because I had the grades to kind of carry me to the next grade but literally my 8th grade year I passed with a 69.9 wow. mom made them round it up to a 70 yeah. that's how I passed for the 8th grade to go to the ninth grade so I had been told 6th, 7th and 8th grade I was at risk that I was going to drop out of school uh -huh. and I literally had a counselor get this my 6th grade year tell me that I was going to either end up in, in jail or a dropout. Wow. When I was in the sixth grade, I went back to that school to teach. That's a whole other story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, just to, just to kind of, that was my vindication. Yeah. But nonetheless, I get to high school and I've been told I was dumb for so long I believed it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Pastor kind of spoke on it um, Sunday, so. You know, I just, it just was that. Yeah. I mean, I, I, can't, I can't do any better. This is what I'm going to be. I was in all low level classes. Uh, the district that I would have been in, because my mom taught it smiling. That's mm -hmm. how I ended up there. But I was supposed to go to Westfield. Okay. Had I gone to Westfield, they would put me in special ed. Imagine that. <laughs> no, I get it. You know, um, because I, because of my grades and because of my behavior. So my mom was like, no, ain't nothing special ed about you. I'm, I'm taking you over here with me. If I can teach that, you can go there. Yeah. And so that's how I ended up at Smiley. Okay. So I get to Smiley. My mom's a hard senior English teacher. And I'm going here for a reason. She's the hard senior English teacher. So my social life was shot. Okay. <laughs> so I get there and I'm... It also shot my football career because I played quarterback in middle school. Mm -hmm. And when I got to Smiley, they already knew who they wanted a quarterback. Right. Um, and because I was in that that kind of chubby but but skinny phase, he might be a lineman. Let's see what he does at, at offensive line. They threw me at center. 155 pounds. Right. So my football career was shot at that point in time from that point period. Because I mean, even when I got bigger, I wasn't big enough to play center in college. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, even when I tried to walk around, I had to play linebacker. But nonetheless, 
Man, I get there and my coaches were hard on me. And I just thought it was because they didn't like me. You know? And that one day Coach White was writing an equation on the board and made me solve it. One of the other coaches was his neighbor. He said, man, come here. He said, Wilbur, I saw this problem real quick. I solved it. He's smart. Next thing I know, that coach was advocating for me to get out of all those low-level classes to get in honors classes. Right. By the middle of the year, I was an honor student. Crazy, man. I went from graduating or from, from being labeled at risk of, of not graduating high school to graduating the fifth highest ranked boy in my class when I graduated. Mm-hmm. My coaches at that point in time stayed on me. I couldn't bring C's in for great checks. I had to make all A's and B's, so I got swats. You know, because they saw something in me and they pulled it out of me. All right. Okay. They became what I what I have become, which is a father in spirit. And 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 when I see it now, I look back and think of of how they did me and how they brought that affirmation to me. And that's what I give to others. Yeah. You know, so that's that's how I that's how I deal with my purpose and deal with the things I, I just kinda go back to what I what I came from to understand where I am now. Right. That's 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 real, man. Um yeah, and it made me reflect on a few things because I, I know for sure if I was like growing up during this time period in school, I know they probably would have tried to label me ADHD. Mm-hmm. I know they would have because that, you know, mm-hmm. it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, dang, man, I, I think we do. Uh, and I'm not like, like I don't want to like say people not, kids are not really dealing with issues and stuff, but I just, I feel like people are often misdiagnosed. Mm-hmm. You know, it's easy to put everybody into a box because they don't learn the same way as other people learn mm-hmm. or their attention. Like, a lot of that stuff was boring. You know what I mean? It's like, and it's, it's like I'm an artist. This, this stuff here is it's, it's pointless. You it's, know what I'm saying? It still is. Yeah. Like, I'm like, yeah, the whole, no, we're not, well, let's, let's go, we can go there a little bit. Because okay. I do want to, um, you know, I do want to give, because we both worked in ed- education, working education. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we we both worked in the same district, mm-hmm. so we know we have the same stories. We know <laughs> we know the struggles that a lot of the kids deal with, and I and I reflect on some of my friends that you know, like uh, I was one of the few friends that had a father figure, you know, and I could see um, like things that I thought was common knowledge wasn't common knowledge. Exactly. You know what I mean? Uh, the things that my father was able to implement into me, uh, a lot of my friends are just now getting it. You know, and I applaud you uh, for taking a different path. You know what I'm saying? Because it's real easy, I think, for for somebody to repeat the same behavior. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If you see your, uh, my dad wasn't there, so I'm not gonna be there. Or, or you know, all the men in my family, they you know they're 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 not staying with one woman. They got multiple women, and they still live in that same mm-hmm. that same I curse, was, generational curse. You know, I was fortunate, uh, Milton, because even though my dad wasn't around. Mm-hmm. I did at least have a grandfather, mm. uh, which pastor actually reminds me a whole lot of my grandfather. Really? We have very similar spirits. But but uh, i never forget, remember I told you that time that I, that I almost felt eighth grade, right? Mm-hmm. So I get home, this is, I tell my kids this story. I get home, my grandfather had an eighth grade education, okay? He was the second oldest of, of 10 children, mm-hmm. okay? So he had to be the breadwinner. My great grandfather sold watermelons in Hempstead, you know, when it was watermelon season, but other than that, it really didn't do much. Right. So my grandfather hustled. He sold groceries, he shined shoes, he did all what he needed to do. Age 13, he dropped out of school to make sure the family could eat. Right. So 
he was an advocate of education. Matter of fact, one of the things that breaks my heart to this very day, and I still got to kind of live up to this, is he was expecting me to be the first PhD in the family, mm -hmm. you know, um, before he left to go to heaven. Unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to, to accomplish that, but that's one of my goals. Okay. okay. But, uh, man, my grandfather came home when I got home from school that day and said, hey, look, um, grab you uh, something some to wear over there. Um, don't get nothing pretty here, that's what he said, because uh, you're going to work with me tomorrow. My grandfather had his own landscaping business. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I picked up, you know, pat my little Jordans and, no, 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 put them back. Get something that you want to get dirty. So I grabbed all that stuff. He said, okay, so you're going to come home with me. You're going to work with me tomorrow. Now, don't go home and stay up and watch that TV all night because I get up early. Now, I don't know if you remember, we were about the same age. Back in the day, you had cable. You was rich. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> so going to grandma's house was a, was a luxury because they had cable. She was going to cook. Yeah. You know, you're going to eat good. You, I mean, it was just, it was the lack of luxury, right? So that's what I was thinking when I was going over there. But I was I was in for a, a huge surprise. So I get home and surely he says uh, it's about nine o'clock. Boy, go in there and go to bed because I get up. I'll be cutting out first yard at six. Mm -hmm. I thought he was playing. So we got up by four thirty. Grandma had made breakfast, real good and full. You know I'm ready to go back and lay down. He's like, no, let's go. Be cutting out first yard at six o'clock. Right. He said, now listen, you got that breakfast in you? I don't stop for lunch till 3. I want you to hear that. From 6 a.m. to 3 p.m., we are nonstop cutting yards. That's work. That's work, okay? Dude, we stopped for about 20 minutes to go to Burger King, and he got me two Whoppers and some water. <laughs> then we went right back to work. And so we out there working, man. It was 9 o'clock when we were through, Okay. So we get back to the house. We sit in the driveway. I have grass stains in places I care not to mention. And my grandfather turns to me and said, that was hard work, wasn't it? I said, yeah. He said, uh, this is what I've got to do to put food on my family's table mm -hmm. and to put a roof on our head because I don't have an education. You smart, though. You don't have to do this. You make a choice. This is what happens when you don't get an education. This is the only way you're going to be able to put bread on, bread on the table. Yeah. Is, is hard manual labor. So what you want to do? <laughs> That'll do it. <laughs> That'll do it. That'll do it. That solved it. But I mean, I, I, I brought that story up because my grandfather sat back and watched. And, and when he was able to interject, which was probably my teenage years more so than anything. Mm -hmm. That's good. He, he, he gave me lessons. Because I tell people this all the time, especially with boys and with men, and that's what we work with. You know, um, every boy has to fight his father's giant. I'm gonna say that again. Every boy has to fight his father's giant, and so it's certain things that only a father can teach his son, right? And not necessarily just another man, if that makes sense. No, I, I did. You know, so there are things that we deal with that are in our bloodline that you have no idea. And then I didn't really have that type of conversation with my own father until I was 27. Right. Okay, and we started, I started sharing notes with him and started realizing why certain patterns were happening in my life because they happened in his. Mm -hmm. Okay, so so when we're talking about purpose, you have to really look at all of that because all of that ties in. Your, who you come from, um, the, the, the family line, just like their generational curses, their generational blessings. Yeah. They're different things. My father and I literally have the same exact ministry. You know, because it's a generational blessing. 
Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean, just when you look at all those different things, that's why it's important. So, so I brought that up with my grandfather because my grandfather was able to give some guidance and some wisdom when I was able to hear it. But there were certain things that he couldn't that I had to get from my dad. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, man, I was, you know, my dad's always been there, man. He's awesome dude. You know what I mean? Still to this day, mm-hmm. just always learning stuff from him. Um, so I get it, man. And I, you know, I think I took it for granted as a kid, but as a man now mm-hmm. and understanding that and working with the youth, um, you know, I think, I think education for me was, was not a calling, mm-hmm. a direct calling, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because I'm going to be completely honest. I was just graduating college, had no idea what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Two ladies from North Forest came and ate dinner and said, you know what? You should be a teacher. Oh, okay. You know, <laughs> um, off on the summers, off all the holidays, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? That's what I'm thinking. Like, it's cool. Um, but when I started doing it and realized the impact that I've had on, on, on kids life and, and how God has blessed me for doing that, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Um, I would, I would speak to my educators, man. Just, just remember what you're doing. It's, it's not just a nine to five, you know, and like you said, uh, we can all think of that. Maybe that one education educator that has made a huge impact on somebody's life and just really to change the trajectory of their life, you know? Um, I know I've had students come back to me and, and be like, you know, thank you, Mr. Green. I went and got my degree in this or that, or I'm doing this now because of what you told me. That one little thing, like I remember I told one student one time, you know, you know, sometimes you think, are they even listening to me? Mm-hmm. But I would tell them, I said, man, you know, don't graduate and get in debt. Not if you want to be an artist, if you want to be in music or any type of art field, um, you know, invest, use your money to make money. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And uh, kids randomly hit me up one day on Facebook, man, I'll I listen to what you said, man, I got no debt right now. I'm able to do this, I'm able to do that. Mm-hmm. And, um, cause I know, you know, first thing people do when they get money, I want to get this car or this or that, you know. But again, like, I think um, that's a whole nother subject because mm-hmm. you, you just, like you said, the knowledge that our parents passed down from us, you know, you think about generational wealth and all that type of stuff. I'm not gonna get all into the politics of it. But, you know, it is a struggle uh, in, in the areas that me and you have been teaching in. And uh, I don't know, man, I think um, we as teachers, as educators, you know, we play a big part. And um, that I think that I, I like how you, you identify specifically what's your purpose. Because a lot of people are like, you know, like, oh, education is my purpose. But what it, it's, it gets a little deeper right. or you can dig a little deeper. What in education? Well, yeah, what in yours is being a father and spirit. So I was like, man, I like that. That's gonna that's gonna um, push me to be more specific into what my purposes are. You know, I know one of my purposes are is to try to help people be healthier. Um, I, I'm, a, I'm a believer. You know, um, my mom's in heaven right now, but I feel like if she would have she would have been healthier. You know what I mean? If she took better care of herself, she probably would have prolonged her life mm-hmm. a little longer. You know, potentially. But you know, God is the author of all of that. True. And um, um, yeah, man, it's it's, it's real, man. Um, good good knowledge, bro. Um, so let's stay in education a little bit. Uh, um, and I guess the people that are watching this, whatever your career is, you can apply it to your circuit, your uh, situation. What, what, what's, uh, some of the biggest challenges you dealt with as a, in education? Man. Okay. So, so I was telling one of my, uh, one of my coworkers this beginning of the year, cause she's a first year teacher and just helping her to kind of de-stress. I have literally, this is 20, this is year 25 for me. I worked in three different testing areas. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I've seen three different tests. I've seen three different ways of doing things. 
And really, it's frustrating because we have all these pundits that say these are the things that are effective and these are the things that are supposed to happen when it really just boils down to this. Kids learn from who they like. Yeah. <laughs> if they don't like you, I don't care they how many they're gonna shut down. That's real. I don't care how many how many strategies you use, how many foldables, how many sentence films, how many whatever things that we try to throw out there in education to make sure kids get it. Mm-hmm. They're not gonna get it unless they like you. Yeah. And so my key to my success in education is my rapport. Because most most of my kids look at me as what I've come to be, a father. And so they don't want to disappoint me. All right. So what I deal with a lot of times, because my approach may not be the conventional approach, is I will sometimes have, I'll say two things, and one of them is going to be kind of controversial. I'll sometimes have people, because I'm not the, the cutesy, um, creative type teacher, try to downplay my teaching style to make me feel like I'm not a good teacher. Because, you know, I may not be as creative as the other teacher is. They may have all the artsy stuff. I'm not an art guy. You know, I'm straight to the point. This is what we're doing. This is how we do it. I've taught writing. I can teach writing in my sleep. That's what I teach. You know, I'm a writer. I'm a published author. I know the process because I worked it. You know, so I teach my kids that same way. Mm-hmm. So, so dealing with that, that's the most frustrating thing when you know you're giving your all and someone tries to treat you like you're not. Because it, it's not, unfortunately, education has come to a place now to where they want everybody to teach the same thing at the same time. You know, so it's continuity if you go from one class to the next. And to me, that's impossible. But that's what we do. Now, secondly, what I deal with when this is more controversial, um, you know, I've never had somebody that's not my color be an adversary to me in education. But I promise you, every adversary that I've ever had look just like me hmm. and that's troubling if you understand what I'm saying when I say I that. mean it's it's a that issue digs deeper to just relationships between men of, of you know and, of and, our and, culture. and most times it's not men it's, 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 it's women that I, you would you would think they're glad to see an african-american male being a positive role model mm-hmm. and being there to you know positively shape Kids, especially kids of color, but they usually become my biggest adversary. The people that have always that, that I've gone to and I've gone to several places, not all places I've dealt with an adversary, but most of the places I've been to mm-hmm. where I've had people trying to throw me under the bus has always been a black woman. Mm, that's and, and I'm and I'm not saying that all black women do it, but I'm just saying just from your experience, from my experience, that's been that's been and that's troubling because it's like, sister, I'm here to help. You know, um, and it's you're saying it's because you feel like it's because the way that you educate is not the way that they do it or the way they want you to do it. So it ends up being a conflict because of that. And and what's funny is I go to other places with somebody that doesn't look like me. They love me. They love my dirty drawers. I can go back there and get a new job right now. Right. You know, and because they see what I do, you know, and it's unfortunate that our own people sometimes don't see, you know, what's needed and what's present. You know, so I mean, it's. Definitely- I mean, well, it's obviously like, like you're in. You can go probably teach anywhere that you want to teach, but you you make a conscious effort to go to the to the to the hood to the hood. You That's know what I'm saying? That's why I'm needed. Yeah. Um, 
I, and, and I, I almost hate to say it because I know I'm gonna make some. I made somebody mad with that statement. I'm pretty Keep sure. Real. I'm pretty sure <laughs> I did. Real. But 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 I mean, it, it just would it would trouble me because it's like, man, I I'm not here with my feet kicked up on my desk. I'm mm-hmm. not here, you know, on my phone playing on Facebook all day. I'm literally educating kids. I'm working. Um, it may not look like Miss Such and Such over here, but but my scores. Prove that I'm doing my job. Right. So, I mean, what's the problem? But it's always, I've never had, like I said, anybody that was a white woman or a white man be extremely hard on me. But I have had critics that were most times African-American females. Yeah. And I never did understand that. It was like, okay, what am I doing wrong? And they really can't really point out to me what I'm doing wrong. It just doesn't seem like you go blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Hey, you're being petty now. You know, so, I mean, that's my biggest frustration in education. That's the biggest thing I deal with, and some of the, some of the things, especially where I work, and I probably will get in trouble for saying this, but it's okay. Um, where I work, I think we major in the minor. Okay, what you mean by that? Um, kids are not numbers; they're kids. They're not statistics; they're kids. Mm-hmm. Data matters, sure it does, but my job as an educator is not to move data. My job as an educator is to teach kids. And I believe, honestly, where I work in the district that I work in, unfortunately, that is their focus, moving data. Yeah, yeah. Because they're looking at it from a, I mean, it's a business, but they're, they're looking at it from a position of, of like a business. Mm-hmm. Like you, you, and it's different, you yeah, know, because you're going to deal with, you're going to make it, you can make an impact on a kid's life. And he might not make the scores that he needs to make, but he can still end up going, being a successful citizen, a contribution to society. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm going to prove that to you. So, like, you know what I'm going through right now personally, you know? So, just right. like, in, in, in the, anytime I feel like giving up, even before I even go there, anytime I feel like giving up, I can guarantee you there's going to always be a kid that I've taught that I may not have heard from in four or five years that's like maybe a senior in high school now or in college or something, and they will just randomly out of the blue message me on Facebook or on Instagram. Mr. Wilburn, I don't know if you remember me, but you did this, this, and that for me. You know, and now I'm doing this. Showing me once again, bringing me right back to the focus, which is my purpose. All that other stuff is cool, but my purpose is I'm a fathering spirit. Right. Literally, I put up my, my kidney transplant campaign on Friday, right? Mm-hmm. One kid that I taught two years ago put my campaign up in their stories. Before I knew it, I had about 70 to 80 comments from kids that I haven't heard from in two years. Wow. You know, telling me things that I've done for them and how they, they you know, they're praying for me and they hope that things work out. So to, to just prove to me, mm-hmm. okay, you have an impact on kids. You have an you just didn't impress people. You you impacted somebody's life. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing too. I mean, when you're dealing with purpose, it's not about impressing. It's about impacting. You know, so so I look at that. I remember you talking about um, somebody telling you something you did for them. I, I went to a church not long ago, around the corner from here, me and a, a pastor friend of mine went to visit the church. And uh, randomly, I'm just sitting down, sitting, I hear, <gasps> Mr. Wilburn. And I look up, there's a young lady that was in my class six years ago. She was a senior in high school at the time. When she was in my class, it was her first year in the United States. She was, she was a Colombian um, immigrant, mm. okay? She couldn't speak, no English. Great writer though. But I helped her shape it and helped her get going. And she thanked me because now writing is her hobby. Mm. And I was instrumental in that. 
You know, so you look at things like that and you understand, once again, that's purpose. That's my voice of affirmation coming to fruition in somebody's life. So, hmm. It's, it's real in this thing, y'all. <laughs> it's real in this thing. I think my biggest problem um, with the education, well, not my biggest problem, and, and again, this is me being real, what I don't like about it. Um, I don't like how the system itself guilts the educator. Right. You know what I mean? That's part of what I was talking about. Um, my thing is compensators. You know? They, they guilt us into doing an extra... 100 hours a year without compensation. Mm -hmm. And that's my thing. If you want me to work, compensate me, pay me. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, I don't. I, I know every school district is different, but they base your salary off of a certain amount of hours, mm -hmm. pretty much. Mm -hmm. But, man, I just, I, I hate that. I hate that they do, do us like that. They'll make us work extra hours and oh but it's for the kids everything's for the kids when it comes to, to that to that right um but if you need to do something oh well no you need to be professional mm -hmm. you know what i mean um so that, that, that that's <laughs> that, that's that's my biggest thing bro it's like come on um how compensate the educator that's you know real. what i'm saying um i know some districts don't even want them to have a, another job they're like no you you gotta if you work here we don't want you to have another job we don't want nothing that's going to impact um us needing your, your availability, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Calling you in in the summer and all that type of stuff. And, you know, some school districts do a good job of compensating their, their educators, but some of them don't. Some of them, they want, they pretty much, they, it's like you're squeezing every little bit of, right. and, and that's my biggest thing, because, okay, we want to look at it as data, you want to look at it as a business, Compensate us, right? You know what I'm saying. Compensate us appropriately. I agree. So that's that's my biggest thing, and I think I'm an advocate for that with educators. Is just you know either either the compensate us or or let it. You know our our time away from here is valuable. I mean, we already take it home with us mentally. You know, mm -hmm. um, in a traditional sense, when you're dealing with kids, you you don't just. It's hard to check that at the door, but it, you know, um, you you're always working on lesson plans and having thoughts. And work, doing work at home, anyways. Mm -hmm. But that—that's my biggest pet peeve in the education system now. Is that they, we're, we're professionals, but you don't want to—you don't want to treat us like professionals. You know what I mean? Um, in some situations. Now, I mean, I, I've been blessed. I've had great administrations everywhere. I'm being honestly, I, I can't complain about none of my my, my administration. So I've been really fortunate. Um, I think it's different for me though because I'm doing art. You know what I mean? A lot of times, yeah, you're not a, you're not a tested subject. Yeah, I'm not a tested subject, and so I mean, I really applaud all of my my, my people that have that pressure because I, I don't think I could do it. You know what I mean? Um, so I think with me, and that's the thing I love about it is that I can actually educate the student. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I can really okay, you're not feeling this art thing, but we what do, what do you feel? How can we tie that into it? Let's let's make you a better person some kind of way. You know, everybody's not gonna feel art. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And, um, that was my first day yeah. in school. And the funny thing about like working in uh, when I used to work in North Forest, when I used to be North Forest, art was kind of the dumping ground class. Mm -hmm. You know what it I'm still saying? Is. It, it's, it's, <laughs> it is what it is. They they gonna take every student. First of all, music is king. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? The band has selective all of the 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 students that are more engaged. Believe it or not, that's not the case anymore. Really, really, man. Band used to. Right, band used to be the thing. When right? I when I tell them at my job now how band used to be out there, yeah, like the middle schools had bands bigger than high schools. Oh man, the middle school, like, but look, 
like they did they exposed those kids to so many things. Uh shout out to Miss Boney. Um, she works at my school now. Miss Boney working? Yeah, tell my school. Tell my girl I said what's up. That I is seen my it because girl. of the pandemic. But, yeah. But but yeah, she she's That's uh, amazing, man. She man, she like students love this counselor. Y'all ain't got to know her, but she they expose kids to so many things. Like I the first time I went to Disney World was with her. Mm-hmm. You know, she took a they, they still do it. Man, that, that's an amazing So we have a drum line there. at our school. Yeah, that's the drum line. That's what we went for, the drum line. Yeah. She, yeah. And she's over it. She's over the drum. She's that's the that's drum. her thing, bro. That like that's her her, her call. They win that competition every year. Those kids are better than most <laughs> high school kids, man. They but they but I just and I I follow some of those kids and I see uh, the the places that they're going, they were a part of those programs. Um, so man, educators, just know, man, you are paying a part in these kids' life. Um, and a lot of you guys have been doing it for a while. You know it. You you had those good experiences, and that's why you still do it. That's why you still put up with what we put up with. And um, I applaud you for that, man, for real. Um, yeah, man. So I don't know. Um, that's pretty. All I got. You got anything else you want to leave 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 everybody with? Man, I just I just want to tell you when it comes to purpose, like I said earlier, and I kind of alluded to, understand that it's not about impressing people. You know, we live in this this generation now of, of social media where everything we doing we doing for the gram. Yeah, we doing for for you know the the picture sake and you know the the, the photographic moment. But understand, you know, really it, it's a lasting thing when you impact someone. Right, and impact comes because you know your purpose. Good impact happens when you know your purpose. So, um, I'm gonna challenge everybody to do what I'm gonna do. Um, I felt like I knew my purpose before I had he did this podcast, but I want to be more specific now. Um, I want to dig deeper into just like okay, why do I I do what I do specifically? So, I'm gonna I'm I'm pinpoint my specific purpose versus just like that general, right? Oh, this is my purpose, you know what I'm saying? So, um Identify, be, 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 be specific, you know, and identify what it is that, that, that um, you feel like you're here on this earth to do. What are you here to contribute? So I'm, I'm preaching to the choir right now. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> man. But, um, hey, man, I appreciate you coming out. Um, I appreciate y'all having me. This is my first time hosting one of these things. So uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, share it. Uh, subscribe. And feedback is always great. What, what would y'all like to hear us talk about? What would y'all like? And nothing's off, 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 off the table, man. We'll, we'll dig into anything. I'm a pretty transparent person. Pastor Sean is the same, man. He, um, it's funny. I think the first time I actually met you was the Teacher of the Year banquet, right? Hapsy. Mm-hmm. That that has Hapsy Teacher of the Year banquet. Mm-hmm. And, it, and who would think then that we would be right here, right, right now? Right. You know what I'm saying? That's it's it's just it's it's amazing, man. But um, yeah, guys, I. Thank y'all for watching. Just let us know. Uh, send us some comments. And again, I'm going to leave with a, a plug for you uh, with your podcast again. If you didn't see it before, you're just tuning in. What, what were your um, other podcasts that you got going on the okay, show? Okay, so we're going to... I, I actually have a few that, that we have going. So Doctor's Orders, most of you guys know me for that. Um, it's me, myself, uh, a guy by the name of Keon, Tasha, and, and Shai. It's four of us. We get together and talk relationships. It's kind of like a... a, a a man, I'm gonna say, uh, how can I put it? It's 
the, the girls versus the guys type situation. We're talking relationships, things that the elephant in the room is pretty much we're talking about. I would like to be a part of that podcast. So, so you know, we, we, we kind of took a hiatus for a little bit, but I'm pretty sure we're going to get back on it. The other one is Behind Closed Doors. Um, that is myself and several other writers um, that are relationship writers. We get together and we talk relationships. Um, I got some married couples on there that I, I um, have that's going to have their segment. The guys have their segment. The singles have their segment. So it's a pretty big thing. We'll be doing that. We're trying to launch that for July. Okay. And um, then eventually you'll start hearing uh, about Lighthouse Live, which is going to be a format. If you ever watch TVN, praise the Lord, kind of an urban version of that. Um, we're going to be doing that pretty soon. I'm still kind of waiting on my, my launch date for that. But um, that's what we're doing in 2021. All right, man. Well, hey, y'all make sure y'all check it out. Um, can't wait to see it. Hopefully I can be a part of some of that. I, I love doing the relationship stuff. And I haven't done one of those yet. I mean, not like for the public to be, you know, we have these debates all the time and they're always fun. But um, yeah, man, uh, again, appreciate you for coming out. Appreciate you for dropping knowledge like you always do. For sure. Um, you can also catch him um, some Sunday mornings at House of the Lord, 1030. Uh, we, he always come in and drop knowledge. Great speaker, man. Um, always leave with something positive every time you speak. Praise so, God. Um, man, thank you guys for, for tuning in. I hope you guys enjoyed it. So again, subscribe to this and I'm sure I'll see you again. Appreciate you guys.